Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Jake's World. This is Jake's World, once again, presented by Nobody. I'm your host, Jake Suwinski, and today, May 14th, 2020, and I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to talk about, you know, our social situation too much more, but based on the events of the last few days, I think I have to talk about it a little bit. Give my input, say what I feel, say what I think. And it's really a shame because I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of thinking about it. But I feel like with all the one-sidedness from each side of the argument, each you know school of thought, maybe I can use this small platform to reason, right? Talk a little sense, you know, present a thought. Or thoughts to make it seem, you know, take a common sense approach. I live in Wisconsin, right? And the the Wisconsin State Supreme Court recently, you know, within the last few days, voted to effectively cancel the Wisconsin stay-at-home order, effective immediately. The stay-at-home order was proposed... I think it was May 24th, 26th, 26th Memorial Day, or the day after. Yeah, Memorial Day would have been lifted. And that would have been time to take the next step. Now, I'm going to go on the record and say that based on our state and, you know, the demographic makeup of our state, I'm not talking like race-wise, of course, just how people are located within the entire state. You've got Milwaukee, Madison, and kind of sort of Green Bay, Fox Valley area. That's the main concentrations of people throughout our entire state. So those three centers of our population throughout the state of Wisconsin have a much smaller, I shouldn't say smaller, much different makeup that's a, that word makes sense. It's a different picture from those three places and the rest of the state. And I can see why, you know, people in each large city, not so much Green Bay, I'm from that area. Green Bay's a larger town, but it acts pretty rural. So let's just say Madison and Milwaukee. It's different to say that those two areas think a lot differently than the rest of the state. Now, I will say, I thought Governor Evers did a very good job of handling it up until this point, right? He relatively quickly, I mean, he wasn't too far behind any other states with starting a stay-at-home order. He did it a month at a time. Late March, he started it. March 26th, he started the order. did a month he did another month and april 26 he extended it or 24th i keep mixing up those two numbers i'm not sure why but he extended it another month and like i said today's may 14th in about 10 days two weeks he would have been faced with another decision based on the growth rate of cases in wisconsin do you extend that or do you start to ease those restrictions? 
this is where the divide comes in because you essentially have two parties, right? There's one faction, mostly, you know, healthcare workers and paranoid people and, you know, other people who are afraid of what the news is telling them, what the internet's telling them about this virus. Now, I'm not trying to say that in a demeaning way. I'm not trying to make them seem like they're, you know, in the wrong for being overly or just normally concerned about the implications that this virus has. But those people are the ones who need, are typically feeling like we shouldn't be doing anything. You shouldn't leave your house unless it's to, you know, get essentials or go for a walk or things like that, right? You shouldn't have any interaction. But there's the opposite side as well, where it's like they don't seem to be concerned at all. Or they're concerned about providing for their families, right? And we are at a crossroads, and that's why I titled this episode Crossroads. I'll get into another segment about crossroads later. It's not as grave as this, but crossroads. I've been saying it before. I've said it multiple times on this show. There's a fine line, and we approach that line every day where there are equal implications between staying at home and returning to normal life, right? And that's a fact. There are pros and cons, takeaways, drawbacks, whatever phrases you want to use for that line of thinking. There's give and take for both sides. And the way it was handled in Wisconsin was unnecessary to me, right? Your governor did a pretty good job of handling it the first time. For, I mean, he's in Madison. He might be getting a different side of life. You know, in Krivitz, Wisconsin, where I'm from, COVID's not really a problem. People are concerned about it. My parents are. But it's, there's, you know, you can count on one hand how many reported cases there were. Here it's different. You, at the peak of this, you could get two hands worth in an hour. You know, six, eight weeks ago. Of course, you're going to, there's a contrast. But he did a good job of not cupping himself to the point where he makes a time investment and there's monetary consequences because your economy's not running. California's just extended their stay at home for three months. Now, I didn't read up on California and their economy. It's a blue state. It's a high budget out there. Do they have enough cash on hand to you know go three months with a very limited economy? Silicon Valley's there. All the tech companies are there. Different di- different dynamic there too, though. It's a tourist state. There's 55 million people there. You've got beaches and people interacting with each other and nightclubs and restaurants and bars and things like that. It's totally different. So if they wanted to handle it that way, fine. I just feel like three months is too long to put a set-in-stone plan to keep your state shut down. Wisconsin didn't do that. And I don't understand why there was such a push to go the opposite direction and open it up altogether. Like bars in town, I'm in Madison, 
they were open. Now, I'm not sure they were legally allowed to be open. Of course, I didn't go and find out. I'm not Jones in that bad. I can just have a cocktail in my apartment. But they are legally allowed to just open the doors again. Now, I think, I shouldn't say I think, I hope that most people have enough common sense to not go rushing back out there. Wait. I don't I don't have the urge to go back out into society for a couple of weeks to make sure nothing bad happens again. But like I said, everything's open again. I talked to my mom on the phone this morning about it and she's like I saw pictures on Facebook. You know how older people like Facebook. But saw pictures on Facebook about some bar in Oshkosh that was packed and everyone was back to normal. It's like, this isn't a celebration of your newly restored freedom. It's trying to get money flowing again. But that is what I want to take this conversation towards, is what is really essential right now. Is going to the bar essential? No, but it's a business and they're allowed to open again. Now, that is a gripe I have with, you know, the state court or the state Supreme Court totally getting rid of any initiatives we had. Who's to say that, you know, some bar with a 250 person max occupancy limit isn't just going to open it right up again and business as usual? Our business owner is going to have the good sense to, you know, maybe start at a 25 or 30 or 35% occupancy for the time being, maybe for a few weeks or a month to see what happens. Are, is your establishment a cesspool for this disease to sprout again? I don't know. No one does. And if anyone says they know, they're an idiot because they don't. The, the leading doctor on this doesn't even know what he's talking about anymore. It's all speculation. No, no one's gone to, no one's gone to bat for something like this before. We've never had this happen before, and I don't. I'm exposing myself too much to the idiots of the world on this wonderful platform called Twitter, but everyone's a scientist or a doctor. Everyone knows what they're talking about. I kind of hypocrisy because I'm saying the same thing but I'm not stating facts about it I'm stating facts about you needing to think about it right I don't want to see comparisons to the 1918 Spanish flu because it was a totally fucking different world back then the Wright brothers just invented the airplane and hell I think you had to like crank the thing to start and you had two guys like pulling the damn thing and two guys on the back pushing the thing to get it going. Now there's thousands of flights a day in the United States. A, not even a day, probably an hour. There's hundreds and thousands of airplanes and cars on interstate highways and stadiums seat a hundred thousand people and it's a totally different world and you can't use data that's 102 years old to try to cast judgment and make decisions on a virus that's today. Right? I don't agree with the direction Wisconsin is going with this legislation. I think one more month would be safe 
But I'm not in a position to where, you know, I have a family and need to feed myself and put food on my table. I can handle that right now. But I can't say others can. I don't know. And I feel like there's two extreme sides here. There's two sides. And we need to find something in the middle. I've been saying that all along. I think extending it another month would have been just enough to make sure that this curve is flattened. Now, that is another thing I kind of want to segue into is the beginning, this is all about flattening the curve. Now it's about finding a cure. You're not going to cure a virus. They mutate. And that's the problem. Everyone says, oh, it's going to flare back up in the fall and, you know, leading up to the holidays. Well, why do you think that is? It's a virus. Mutates. Why do you think you don't go to the doctor when you have the sniffles or, you know, a cold or... It's a virus. You know how many fucking there You know how many strains there are? Speak, Jake. You know how many strains there are to... The common cold? I don't know. It's probably dozens. It mutates. It changes. Every season, it's a little different. That's why viruses, you typically can't just go get a cure for it. You can't take pills to cure the disease itself. You cure the symptoms, and then you get better after your body fights it off. Last time I checked, maybe I was, maybe I've been wrong my whole life. But that's why it's going to pop up again, because it's going to be a little different than it was this time. But you can't be afraid to live your life either. And you have to open up eventually. This won't be the same place if we don't. Every day we push it further, there's consequences on the back end. We need to find that middle ground. We're not going to find a cure. Maybe a vaccine. You're not going to cure it outright. It's a virus. It's, it's just not going to happen. Like I said, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to watch Outbreak again. I don't know. But the moral of this whole soapbox is we need to find middle ground. Don't be reckless when you're out there if you're not concerned about this virus. Don't shame everyone else for being a relatively normal person and not being afraid to do simple day-to-day things if they're doing it safely. Don't shame them for doing that. Don't condemn other people because you think you're right because you work at a hospital. You don't know shit. You watch the news just like everyone else does. You're doing your job. Everyone's thankful for that. But don't stand up there and preach about what you think you know because you what you experience at work because you don't know you don't know the implications of other people that are sitting at home because they can't work they've got three kids they can't take the daycare because they don't work they don't have money coming in they can't afford the roof over their head or pay their mortgage the people who are supposed to watch their kids are in the same boat it's a it's a web it's the economy Three million more jobless claims went through this week. 36 million in eight weeks that this started. I saw a not-so-fun statistic, a 1% rise in employment 
results in a 2% rise in the death rate and the mortality rate. I'm not trying to advocate for either side because there's not a side. It's a gray area and we need to work together to find a solution that works not best for one or best for the other, but kind of good for everyone else. That's how it is. So I'm saying that the art of debate leaves neither, a, co- a good compromise leaves no party completely satisfied. And it's true. People who are saying that we have to stay at home until this is totally gone are going to have to wake up and realize that that's not going to be the case. People are still going to get this. It's going to pop up. People who think we need to open immediately need to realize that that's not a reality either. Because you're going to be in the same boat if you do it too soon. We're going to be shut down all over again. And, you know, the two paychecks you got, the four paychecks you got, are going to last you another two weeks and then you're gone. It's done. The payments aren't coming in for at least another two months. A vaccine's not going to come out for a year. Yeah, the best pharmaceutical companies in the world are working on it, and millions and millions and millions of dollars are going into funding and donations and you know, donating masks and um, the respirators and all these things. Everyone's working together. But by the time a vaccine gets mass-produced to a number where it's actually effective, it's going to be January. This, co- this country will not be America if we... You know, lock the doors until January. It's just not going to happen. So we need to find a compromise and a compromise that works. That's just the only way I can say it. And it's the only way it should be said. If it sounds harsh to one side or the other, that's good. Because if you're all the way on one side or all the way on that opposite side, you're not right. You're wrong. You need to work together to find a solution. And stop listening to the news. I'm not typically a conspiracy guy. To me, conspiracies sound way ultra conservative. Like your 90, not 90, your old white man is the guy who preaches about the government conspiracies and fake news. A Donald Trump guy. That's Those are the people who are constantly talking about you know, inside jobs and the media is manipulating everything. But they're kind of on to something. I'm not saying you should pick one side or the other, but information can be easily manipulated, right? It can be as simple as, oh, the United States has the most coronavirus cases and the most coronavirus deaths. We're handling it poorly. Well... That's a real nice spin zone because, you know, we actually test the most and we have 300 million people here. It's last time I checked the China, maybe the third highest population in the world. Right? Yeah, China, India, us. Right? Yeah, that's a fact. Um, I like how we're comparing it to New Zealand, a country, an island country, mind you, that's 10 times smaller and has... Um, like a 30th of our population. Of course they eradicated it because they got out in front of it, which is good. I'll give them that. But you have 
3% of the population and 10% of the landmass. It's just, you can, you can manipulate data for anything. The opposite side's true. Just don't trust everything you hear. Think for yourself. That's what I'm trying to say. And now for Crossroads Part 2. I don't want to just complain this entire episode. And that first section was pretty dreary. I thought I raised some good points, but they're probably points you don't want to hear anymore because that's all you've been hearing about. So I'm going to present to you a little bittersweet thought I had today. This is probably going to be the last um, podcast that I record in this apartment for the time being if I keep a Tuesday-Friday release schedule. I think I've alluded to it before, but I took a new job back in my hometown, a financial analyst job, junior level, entry level job, something I wanted to get into, and it's a really good opportunity for me, but it's sad too because, I mean, Madison's been my home for the last five years, I mean, freshman year after that summer, sophomore year that summer, I was back home, but in the three years since, in the nine months of those two years, this has been my home. And I have a life here with my friends here. Got family back home, of course, and connections here. The school's here. The nightlife scene's way better. It's fun, especially in the summer. Like, that's what really bums me out is I started this in the summer. Or, you know, before the summer is going to start. Madison is so fun in the summer. And I think about, you know, the huge part of my life that I have here. It almost makes you a little sad that, like, you got to let it go. I'm a thinker, right? Uh, recently, I've become a lot more vocal about the way I feel. But I've always, always, I've always been a thinker. And it's... I remember all the stories, all the laughs, all the shenanigans, all the team stuff, I mean, playing baseball, all the memories I have, and all the, mostly nights lost, but all the fun. And let me tell you, the post-grad slump is real, and coronavirus didn't help, but all things must go on, right? It's just, it is what it is, you know, for 50% of the time. I'm going to spend my weekends here and, you know, see how long that lasts, driving six hours a week on top of work commute. But it's an opportunity I felt like I had to take. And it's something that I pushed off for a long time. My parents wanted me to come home and get a job up there, which would have been more economically sensible. You're not paying rent or buying your own groceries or paying your own utilities, things like that. I mean, you shouldn't, right? Maybe help out, but what kind of parent would make you pay rent after you're done with school? And then the student loans don't help either. So, But I didn't want to come home. I built a life here. I had people in my life here, friends here. I wanted to start that here. 
and it feels almost like I'm walking away from that, but I don't know. It's like you need to take an opportunity, any opportunity, because you never know what tomorrow's going to bring or the next day. And I mean, you should have plans about like, you know, your retirement and things like that, making sure that you keep your lights on and stay fed and your basic necessities and your long-term planning when it comes to a money sense. But when it comes to your social life, your personal life, even your professional life, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Look at this coronavirus thing. I quit the insurance job I had because I was miserable doing it four days before Wisconsin put in their lockdown. And I had no idea what I was going to do. But I didn't care. I knew something was going to turn out eventually, and why worry about it? You make do with what you have now, because now is the most important. And you never know what opportunity is going to come knocking. If I didn't give up the insurance job, one, I sucked at it, and two, I didn't like it. I negative liked it. If you didn't take that chance, I wouldn't be moving back home part-time in a few days. You know, doing something that I kind of wanted to get into right after I graduated. You just don't know. And five, ten years from now, maybe I'll be back here. I don't know. You don't know. And you would I wouldn't have found out either. So, that's kind of it. This is a shorter one today. I mean, I just was a little lost for words today. I mean, super rainy here, really dreary, you know, didn't, wasn't even that enthused to, you know, record this podcast, but it's just bittersweet for me personally, right? Like I explained, opportunities meet um, what's the word I'm looking for? They meet your memories, if that makes sense. Your truest desires, I guess. I don't know. Just in a weird place today, so that's pretty much all I got for you. Kept it short and sweet. Sorry about all the corona talk in the beginning, but I feel like I had to allude talk about it a little bit. Morals of the story. Crossroads. Everyone meets them in their life. It could be what you want for breakfast. <laughs> it could be what way you want to go to work that day. It could be buying and selling stocks. It could be moving to a new city, marrying someone, divorcing someone, picking up and leaving. They come at every point in your life and take the chance. That's what I'm telling you. Take the chance. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at Jake Sawinski8, J-A-K-E-S-A-W-I-N-S-K-I-8. Rate, review, subscribe, please. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's super easy. Just click five stars and you're done. You can download this on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever else podcasts can be found, I guess. Type in Jake Sawinski on Spotify. It pops up. Jake's World on 
iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It pops up. Super easy. Keep giving me that feedback. Keep giving me those content suggestions. And think for yourself. Take that chance. Peace. Keep on moving on.